This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Post-match chat with chaps for that Millwall podcast where it finished at the Den. Millwall won. Stoke City nil. That, my friends, was the definition of a hard-fought victory. And it was a definition of a Gary Rowett masterclass. Um, he loves to play Stoke, doesn't he? And I think that probably gave him a little bit of extra fire in his belly to get the team right up for today. And in many ways, it was the perfect fixture. And all week, I've been saying I've been looking forward to this fixture in a really bizarre way considering how bad we were at Norwich because I felt we would get a conclusion of some sort I felt it would either go the way of that it did and you would see that the players were still fighting for him and we aren't actually a bad side and we can play some nice stuff and we can beat decent sides Um, or it would show that the players aren't fighting for Gary anymore and we'd need a change and I, I, I honestly felt that either way we'd get a conclusion today. I said in, after the Norwich game, I felt Rowett had two games to save his Millwall career because he was playing two teams that he likes to play against and that he's usually good against, Stoke being, being, being the, the first one, obviously. And I think we've got our conclusion. Um, I think the side, the team are definitely giving everything they can for Rowett and for the club. And I think that we showed when we do play to our strengths and we do play that kind of style of football, yes, it wasn't pretty towards the end and it was difficult and Stoke may feel they were deserving of a point, but it got the job done. And that is Gary Rowett playing defensive, pragmatic styles of football with counter-attacking, creating opportunities and being defensively solid against teams that have got more money and more flair players, but still managing to come out on top. That's Gary Rowett. And today, or yesterday, sorry, as a point of recording, was um, us playing to those strengths. Um, and I think the first half we did play very, very well. But anyway, let's get into the game then. So let's talk about the lineup. So um, I think he got the lineup spot on, in fairness. And I know there were all sorts of views on Twitter. But or, or X or whatever it's bloody called now. But I felt we got the, the lineup spot on. Um, and he went with a 5-3-2 formation. And I, I've said for a while now that I don't actually care whether we play four or five at the back. I, I really don't care. 
it's the way that we play that 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 formation and the the kind of mentality that we play we play it with and it also depends on the players we use if they're fit for that system or not um but we went with a five at the back so obviously Sarkic in goal a back five of I'm going to go left to right so the returning Joe Bryan on the left three defenders of Cooper on the left Hutch in the middle and Ryan Leonard coming in at right centre back now a couple of things before I move on fantastic to to see Jake Cooper um commit his long-term future to the club um it I don't care what anyone says it can't the uncertainty it can't do anyone any good you know the club the player the fans his teammates so getting him signed was was fantastic uh whether he wrote that beautiful article or not I don't know but I do think he definitely wants to be here and I think it's it can only be a good thing and the Jake Cooper we got against Stoke was the Jake Cooper that's worth five million pounds in my opinion he was back to his best but Brilliant to see him there. I also liked him on the left side of the three. More of that to come. Hutch in the middle. Uh, Leonard on the right-hand side, uh, centre-back, where he last played against Blackpool Way last season. Right wing-back, um, another signing this week. It was the signing of um, Brooke Norton Cuffey on loan from Arsenal. He spent uh, some time at both Rotherham and Coventry. He was actually in the playoff final match playing for Coventry down our right-hand side. Um, another really good signing and fair play to the club because I would imagine he would have uh, come with a quite a hefty loan fee that we probably would have paid for him. So he goes straight into the side in place of Danny Mack, who drops to the bench, which I think is the right decision. Uh, the two midfielders of Billy Mitchell and George Saville. And then a front three. Uh, so in the 10 behind Zian Fleming and then the up, to, uh, up top, the returning Tom Bradshaw and Kevin Nisbet. And that is the exact eleven. That I personally would have picked, and I think he got it spot on. And obviously, um, he lives and by, dies by his decisions. And uh, we 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 go on to win the game as as uh, as nip and tuck it was as, as it was at times. For Stoke, I think make no mistake about it. And Stoke fans, if you're listening, I think that Stoke are a very good side. And I think once they've got all of their signings gelled, playing the right formation and style. I think Stoke will easily, easily be challenging for the top six. I, th I think they'll be a top six side. I think it's really important to note that Stoke have spent 12 million already on permanent transfers. They've signed five additional players from Premier League clubs and their business isn't done yet. They're a very good side. Let's, let's make no mistake about it. I just think that it will take them a little bit of time to gel. I think, you know... Uh, you know, they've got the, the lad up top, the two strikers, one of them, uh, Vidigal, who looked good and lively, although he threw himself around a bit too much in terms of on the floor. He looked good. He, he had three league goals coming into to, into the game yesterday. Half a million they paid for him. And then the other lad up top, who was an absolute unit, Wesley, he, uh, he signed on loan from Aston Villa, who Aston Villa paid 20 million for him. So just a bit of context, I think, because I think it's key. And this is what we're up against. And... This is what's brilliant about being a Millwall fan because you go into a lot of these games based purely on financials, being the underdogs, and that's where we thrive. Um, so there were the, 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 the teams, and I'll, I'll come on to talk about some of Stoke players that impressed me throughout the course of this video. But I think the, the start of the, the build up of the atmosphere um, was, was pretty good. I felt it was quite a, a decent atmosphere, although it wasn't the biggest crowd. I think. It, it says it was around 15,500. I don't think there was 15,500 there. But even before kickoff, Stoke fans chanting, Gary Rowett, your football is shit. 
And the Mill fans didn't join in, <laughs> although I think if they'd have got the first goal, it could have turned very sour very quickly. And it was vital we got the first goal. And Nisbet actually said in his post-match interview that Gary Rowett told the team that. He said that um, Gary said, go out and get a goal in the first half. And we did. But I think it quite quick, quite easily, we could have been 1-0 down inside 10 minutes. So just before that, though, George Savile does something brilliant, but also very stupid. He sets the tone by going in really hard. I think it's on Josh Laurent, who's their skipper. Um, completely mistimes his tackle and goes into the book after only six minutes. But um, I have to say he managed himself very, very well throughout the rest of the game, considering he played probably 90-odd minutes with the added time on a booking. But it set the tone. It, it set... We, we just looked different from pretty much, pretty much the off. I felt we were... Definitely from between 10 minutes and up to half time, we were really front foot, high tempo, aggressive, physical, winning the 50-50s. We competed. All the things we didn't do at Norwich, we did. And that is what you want to see from a Millwall team. And for me, the result was not as important as the performance. And I know that might sound stupid, but today I just wanted to see a Millwall team go out there and battle. And we did. And that first half was as good as we played at home for some time, considering our recent home form. We were definitely the better side. But as I say, they could have taken the lead lead after just 10 minutes. So um, it's, it's sort of a bit pinball-y, scrap in the middle of the park. The ball then is lofted over the top of Norton Cuffey, who probably could do better, but he lets it run. They just about keep it in on the byline. The ball comes back across goal. Cooper goes with, I think it's Vidigal, and they sort of both kind of miss the ball. And then it breaks. I think it's to Wesley. I can't remember off the top of my head. It, it breaks to to um, to one of their players. And it's a superb block from Hutch, uh, who stops a definite goal-bound effort. And that was a real warning sign to show that they did have quality on the break. And um, it was a bit stop-start. There was a lot of sort of silly free kicks and things. But then I felt we got into the groove. And I think we definitely had the better chances in the first half. I think our our first chance, uh, first good chance comes from a corner, a good sort of, it's almost just hung in the air from George Savile to the back post, Cooper, what he's good at, powering, towering header. And Travers, who is the goalkeeper that we tried to sign before we signed Sarkic and before they tried to sign Sarkic, um, uh, makes a really good save from Cooper's header. We then go on to have... Um, Two free kicks. One was of the result of a Leonard throw that's cleared out to George Savile. A bit of trickery at the edge is brought down. This free kick, um, Fleming is, sits it low, hard, but it's straight at the keeper. Travers parries it out, to be honest with you, into a bit of a no-man's land. I think he's unsighted. And then there's another free kick that we win on the left-hand side that, again, um, uh, Travers sort of parries it back out into kind of no-man's land. And I think Stoke are lucky to escape. So we had the warning signs from us were there. Then we get the goal. And the goal is actually, again, a Ryan Leonard long throw. That's something that he brings. It's an it's a actual long throw, not like Zian's. A long throw into the box. But actually, he kind of fluffs it up a little bit. And I think it takes everyone by surprise. And it kind of bounces over a lot of players. And then a vital touch. I'm pretty sure it's Zian Fleming. He flicks it over uh, towards the other side of the pitch, sort of just in the penalty area. And then it's all about Kevin Nisbet. He takes the ball and his first touch gets it out of his feet and also out of the way of the defender that's marking him. And then he just calmly, 
passes it right into the bottom corner. It is a superb finish. And that just shows you how good of a finisher Kevin Nisbet is. You give him chances, he will score goals. We have not given him a sniff all season. He had one proper opportunity yesterday and he took it. And ultimately, it ended up being the match winner. Um, really good finish. Uh, Nisbet shows a lot of passion with his celebration, as do a lot of the players. And I think um, we are absolutely deserving of the 1-0 one one uh, lead at that point. And then I think that there is another opportunity for us quite quickly where some really nice play um, between Fleming and Nisbet played into Bradshaw. And Bradshaw shows his limitation there. You know, Bradshaw's a fantastic player and it's so good to see him back in the team and deservedly so. It makes such a difference. But this is where he's not great. He's running into the box on his left foot. He tries to come back onto his right foot. He gets tackled and it's cleared away. But they were on the ropes at this stage and we could have easily made it 2-0. We don't. We go in at halftime 1-0 up. And, you know, I tweeted at halftime. I said, that is what we want from a Millwall side. Passion, energy, tempo. We looked fitter in the first half. I'll come on to the second half in a moment. You know, the likes of Brooke Norton Cuffey just gives us something different. He's just quick and front foot and he makes them think, you know, how different is it as a defender if I know I'm playing against a fullback or a wingback that's got a lot of pace? It makes me think about how happy I am to push on. Um. He, he was a breath of fresh air. You know, no disrespect to Danny. I think Danny is a much better defender than Brooke from what I saw because there was a couple of times Brooke got caught out. But he's 19. He's not played much football. But he was a breath of fresh air. I thought Leonard made such a difference, particularly in that first half. And I'll come on to some, some sort of facts in a moment about Leonard. Um, Nisbet with a quality finish. And I thought Savile in the first half was outstanding. Everything we did and front foot and the aggression was all centred around George Savile. So we go in at half-time, 1-0 um, up. And then we come out of the second half and and they make a quadruple sub. Um, they actually have three players on a booking. He took two of them off, including their skipper, Josh Laurent. Uh, the skipper's armband goes to Ben Wilmot. And they, they they bring on four players and two of them were their new signings. So there was a, a burger in the centre of midfield, not to be... Confused with Sanderberger. This is Wout, Wout Burger, I think, and it's actually pronounced, spelt like hamburger. Um, just, just you know, they're just a four million pound. They just paid for him. Um, he did look very good, by the way, Stoke fans. I have to say, I think he's going to be a very good player for you. Um, you know, he, he's able, he reminds me of Sanderberger the way he plays. He's big, he's strong, he can get around the pitch, he can spot a pass. I think he's going to be a very, very good player. You bring on Ben Pearson, who's always been very good at this level. You know, just another one and a half million pound that you spent in the summer. Um, and then uh, another new sign-in on the right-hand side, and then uh, Therese Campbell comes on. So fair play to Alex Neal. I think what he's done, he said, right, I'm not happy with that first half, and and, and rightly so, and he, he's tried to change the game, which is quite refreshing, actually, from being uh, used to Gary Rowett and his substitutions. But the first sort of 10 minutes of the second half, I felt was very kind of end-to-end. Um, and then... I've just got a comment on the weather. I think at some points it was boiling up, then it was raining, then it was thundering, then it was lightning, then there was a rainbow. The weather was mental yesterday. And I think it's probably, uh, there was definitely a first uh, floodlights in an August Saturday three o'clock kickoff. It was, this this weather is very, very odd. Um, but I think around the sort of 60 minute mark, they really start to, 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 to up the pressure. Um, and I think that they 
their, their most noticeable opportunities, and I can't remember what minutes they come in, but the most noticeable opportunities for them was um, there was a ball put through to Wesley, the big striker, who um, for pretty much the only time in the game does 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 hutch completely by like a kipper. Cooper's out of position. He plays it through to, to Vidal. He's one-on-one with a goalkeeper. And make no mistake, Sarkic reacts very quickly. He comes running out and Vidal blasts it over the bar. I honestly think if Sarkic is not that quick to react to that, that could have been very, very different. Uh, so credit to the keeper there. I think that they had quite a lot of long shots, particularly from Tyrese Campbell. I think he had sort of three or four long opportunities that... Uh, wider the mark. I think Daniel Johnson has a shot. Um, and then um, at this point, it really is backs to the wall. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I, I think Stoke could probably feel grieved that they didn't score one of these opportunities, but I think their best two opportunities of the game actually come right at the death. So the first one is from a short corner, Vidigal, um just outside the box on the left-hand side, cuts in on the right-hand side and he bends it. And it looks like from where I'm sitting, just beyond the dugout, it looks like it's going top corner. Uh, and Sarkic, I can't make my mind up on this. I can't make my mind up whether it is an outstanding save or it's still a very good save, but it's one for the camera angles. I don't know. But either way, it's a very, very good save. And if you watch it back, and I've watched it many times, but I've only seen it from that one angle, he does something that George Long was never very good at. And that is before he dives, he takes a couple of steps. So he take a couple of steps and then he projects himself. Whereas George Long would just try and project himself from a standing position. And it makes a big difference. They split second decision. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Let's make a big difference. And it's a good save from Sarkic. Um, and then I, I don't think it's from the resulting corner, but they get a few corners in quick succession. Uh, and there's an absolute scramble in the box where they end up hitting the inside of the post and it rebounds to safety. And that could have gone anywhere. And Lady Luck was looking over us because... It really could have gone anywhere. At this point, Travers is up. It might even be Travers that actually has the header. Um, and somehow um, we escape. The referee there plays on a little bit longer. I think we're into the 97th minute. And the final whistle blows and we take the 1-0 victory. And as I say, that was the definition of hard fault. But the key there is in the word fault because the players did. There is absolutely no denying that the players fought today. And that is all you can ask for. Stoke are a very good side. And I honestly think that when they've gelled, not many teams will beat Stoke. So to beat them today, I actually thought the atmosphere was pretty good. 
Um, and it was a really good championship tie. I would imagine for the, for the neutral, it definitely wasn't, a, it didn't, it wasn't as boring as a 1-0 Gary Rowett win would suggest. I thought it was a really good championship tie. It was a good atmosphere from, from both sides. Um, some quality on show, but at the same time, some, some really hard fought performances. Um, and I think we just about deserved the win. Uh, and everyone played their part. Everyone played their part. And I'll come on to, in just a moment, the player ratings. But I just want to stop and pause and, and talk about why I think ultimately we won the game today. Uh, and not just why we won the game, but why the performance was so much better. And if possible, we're now going to show you something on screen. For those of you that are on the podcast, I'm going to explain to you what, what I'm showing. But hopefully what you'll be able to see, and if you can't, I'm going to, I'm going to, as I say, I'm going to explain it anyway, is essentially a average player position for the 90 minutes. And it is, it is a, uh, the average player position today against Norwich. Sorry, let me start again. Average player position against Stoke versus the average player position against Bristol City. So the two home games. And there's a couple of things that I want, I want, I want you to take note of. The first one is Ryan Leonard. So if you look at Ryan Leonard and you look at his average position versus Hutch's average position when Hutch played at the right side of the three defenders, Leonard is far further forward and also far wider, right? That's the first thing I want, I want you to take note of. The second thing is Norton Cuffey's average position. His average position for the entire 90 minutes was in their half. Again, making them think about how to defend, making them realise that they can't commit as much as they would like to, giving them problems as to what about uh, worrying about us. They always say attack is the best form of defence. And I think Norton Cuffey epitomised that at times today. And then the third thing I want you to take note of is the difference in having two players further up the pitch than one. So what you'll be able to see if you're still looking at the screen, and if you're not, then I'm just going to describe it for you again, is we have Bradshaw and Nisbet are both further forward than just Nisbet was on his own against Bristol City. Plus, you've also got Fleming in there as well. So essentially, by bringing Leonard into the mix, by bringing Norton Cuffey, who's an attack-minded right wing back, and then by playing two up top, the whole team's average position is much higher up the pitch. It's also worth to note that Cooper's average position, playing on as a left of a three versus being in the middle, is also much higher than Murray Wallace's was. So the whole point of all of this, what I'm trying to say is, it doesn't matter whether you play a five, right? What matters is you have the players that can play that style and play it the way that we should be playing it. And that's exactly what we did yesterday. Ryan Leonard offers so much. Not only take his long throw just to one side at the moment, which ultimately ends up being an assist. He is able to carry the ball up the pitch. He's much better with the ball at his feet. His average position can be higher because he's quicker and he can get back. He makes such a difference. Um, he, I thought, was outstanding yesterday. Um, and I gave him joint man of the match uh, with someone else, which we'll come on to. But having that is a big, big difference. And then having two strikers that, first of all, by having someone like Bradshaw that works his, works his socks off, it creates pockets of space for Zian and, and uh, for, for Nisbet. Don't get me wrong, I don't think Zian was great again yesterday, but he, it was his best performance this season. And that was because Bradshaw does all of the hard work, which Nisbet said himself in his post-match, that give the spaces to Nisbet and Fleming to try and exploit. These things make such a difference. It's the attacking mentality 
and, and, and the way the shape is deployed as opposed to the formation. What I will say is at home, two up top is a must for any successful Millwall team at the moment. And I think that showed. So it, it's it's really important that that we look at these things. And I'll now come on to, to, to player rating. So first of all, uh, Sarkic. So he still doesn't fill me with confidence from crosses. And I kind of, I'm kind of drawing conclusions on him that I think he's, He's going to make mistakes, particularly from crosses. Um, I think his kicking is not much better than Bart's. But I think he's also going to save his points from from his shot stopping. Uh, And that was evident with um, the save that he made, because I think a lot of keepers don't make that save. So Sarkic overall, decent performance. um, But I think you're going to see some good points and some bad points throughout the season. He's also hasn't played that many games and I think he's still probably learning um the back three so starting from right to left so as I said Ryan Leonard I thought was was outstanding yesterday given that that was his first 90 he played the full 90 it was the first time he's done that this season he's come into a side in the context of of, of how we we've, we've been performing um and I felt he got the better of most of his battles there was one tackle he made in the 70th minute that Mill have actually put on on their socials, which is just outstanding. You know, strong tackle. He just he because he's deceptively quick, Ryan Leonard, and he's able to to every team needs a Ryan Leonard, someone who does all the ugly stuff and 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 is happy to do it and gets on with it. And by having him as an outlet that can carry the ball up the pitch and and, and can also use the ball better with his feet, it just rubs off on the rest of the team because we've always got him as an outlet. At times, we would play the ball across the back three and none of them are particularly good with the ball at their feet. So it just goes back and forth. Whereas here, Ryan Leonard is much, much better with the ball at his feet and and not just with his passing, but also just his ability to carry the ball. Even if it's 10 yards, it makes a big difference. Um, So I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Um, Then Hutch. So as I said, Wesley is a six foot five, 20 million pound striker. And other than once... Hutch had him in his pocket. Uh, Hutch also took two nasty bangs to the head and carried on like any mill leader would. And, and I thought he was also brilliant today. He's, he's, he's definitely, he's not my man of the match, but he's definitely an honourable mention. I thought he was brilliant. And, and, and back to the Hutch that we absolutely love. Um, Cooper, for me, joint man of the match with with uh, Ryan Leonard. Uh, his overall defensive play was, was fantastic, but the amount of interceptions and tackles that he made at vital times that stop goal-scoring opportunities. That's the point. It's not just the tackles he makes, it's the moments he does it in. These are times which, if he does not make those tackles, they have a goal-scoring opportunity. They are as good as a goal at times. And today, he showed why he is a superb player for us. He's always going to have limitations with the ball at his feet, but... His game is built on being a superb defender first and foremost. And I have to say, I thought he was fantastic yesterday. Him and Ryan Leonard, for me, joint man of the match. Couldn't split them. I thought they were fantastic. Uh, Joe Bryan. So it's interesting because I've seen a lot on socials of real kind of split up. You know, some people saying Joe Bryan was brilliant yesterday or, you know, uh, Joe Bryan was terrible I actually think Joe Bryan in the first half was very, very good and was involved in everything we did well going forwards. In the second half, I'm going to be honest, I thought he was awful in the second half. If you watch it back, the amount of times he gets done, 
the amount of times he gets overrun. There was one opportunity in the um, the second half which ends up in Tyrese Campbell blazing over the bar, but they break and the ball is switched over to the right-hand side and it's probably 70-30 in the Stokes uh, players' favour in terms of who's going to get there first. But Joe Bryan still tries to go for it and he, he he's never going to get there. And by, by doing that, not only has he closed down probably the not the right player, but that player's then beat him to the ball and then their right wing is also free. So we just got exposed and they were able to then carry the ball up 40 yards. And then, of course, thankfully, it came to nothing. But that was just one chance, where one time where he, he got done in the second half. And I don't know if he just doesn't see. I can't work it out if he's not fit yet or whether he's just too casual. But defensively, I'm still not sold on him. Um, going forwards... He's got, I've said this before, he's got such a touch of class about him. Some really nice link-up play, even down in, in the second half with Imaku, who I'll come on to in a moment. I thought he was really good again. Um, but yeah, I thought second half, Joe Bryan really struggled defensively. And I, as I say, I'm not sure that it's just not fitness, but we'll see. Uh, Centre in the midfield. So out of the two, I thought Savile was better. I um, Savile is another honourable mention for man of the match. He didn't get my man of the match, but I thought he was brilliant. He was front foot. He was aggressive. He is our pain in the ass to other teams and to the ref. And we need that. He's the only bit of ugliness we've got in the side. You know that Morrow that would go around and whinge and moan and, and snap people if he has to? That's George Savile. And do not underestimate how important that is to us. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. Um, and if it wasn't for Leonard and Cooper, he probably would have been man of the match. I thought he was brilliant. I thought Billy was better than he has been. I thought he was good. Don't get me wrong. Um I thought he kept kept things ticking. I wouldn't say it was his best game, but it definitely wasn't his worst game. I thought he was good, Billy Mitchell. Uh, and in the front three, Fleming was okay. Uh, probably his best performance of the season, barring a 20-minute period in, against Middlesbrough. But I still want to see more from him. Um, and then I thought Bradshaw makes such a difference within him in the team. His work rate is just outstanding. And it rubs off on, on player others. You know, you can see him get up the pitch. He's saying, I, I absolutely, I think, I just love Tom Bradshaw. I think he's such a honest, humble, hardworking bloke. And I, I think he makes such a difference with having in the team. And then Kevin Nisbet, to me, is, is a quality, classy strike at this level. And you give him opportunities, he's going to score 20 goals in, in this league. But you have to give him the opportunities. Um, and he's the match winner today. And then from substitutes, I thought they all played their part. In particular, in Maku, I thought he did the defensive side of the game really well when he came on. There was one moment, I think it was in the 82nd minute, where he lovely just turn a pace, puts the burners on, gets past one, gets past two. He looks like he's just about to pull the trigger and it would have been a superb goal, but the ball just gets caught under his feet and I think the defender does well, to be fair. Um, but he's just got that something about him. And I think at the moment, it is right that he comes on before SA because I think he does the defensive side of the game better and I think he's a bit more physical. Um, and I think that he's... He looks fantastic, I have to say. And uh, and then the likes of Vogie also come on. And what I would say is that he, he put some some good tackles in Vogie. Uh, he played definitely played his part, but he almost played right like a right wing back, another right wing back. And then you're thinking, if he's coming on in that position over Danny Mac, what's going on there? Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you just wanted to sort of Danny take Danny Mac out of the equation completely. I'm not sure. I think the only cause for concern for me was still the fitness. There, there's a few players there, Joe Bryan being the main one, that I, I feel 
are still not fit enough to keep that level of performance up for 90 minutes. And that's my only sort of concern at the moment. And maybe that'll come, you know. Um, Norton Cuffey hasn't played much football. Nisbet's still recovering from a very bad injury. So maybe it will come. Um, but overall, I think really good performance. Um, as I say, great to get the three points. But if they had of equalised in the last minute, yeah, don't get me wrong. I think I'd have been annoyed. But the performance would have still been the same. And that was key for me. And now we're 10th. Um, we've played four games. We've got six points. We've won two games. On average, I think we only win three out of the first 10. So we're well on the way to that. So all of a sudden you're thinking, actually, it isn't too bad. And if we can get a point against Birmingham at least, then, then who knows? I think some of the comments after the Norwich game were very, very knee-jerk. I think it was because of the manner of how bad the performance was at Norwich and it could have been five or six nil. But um, some of the sort of personal comments uh, were, were, were probably uncalled for. Um, and as I said, I think with Rowett's style of play and his personality and some of the comments that he made after the game, and let's be honest, he definitely got an ego. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think it's, it is a bit of a ticking time bomb at times for him. And, I don't know if he'll last the season still. I think um, another bad run and I think there'll be calls for his head again. And I think we're going to go through this until ultimately it does end up leaving the club. But at the moment, let's not forget, we're a stable championship side. We've now won 50% of our games this season and we probably played three or four very good sides. I think you know Norwich won 4-0 away at Huddersfield. Norwich are going to beat a lot of sides. I think Norwich and Stoke will both be in around the top six. So we played two very good sides already. I think Rowett made a really good point in post-match. He also made some terrible points. But one good point was that we haven't really played a team that you can honestly look at on paper and go, yeah, we should easily win that game. So we've had four you know, fairly hard fixtures, uh, in fairness. And we've won two games. So the Championship's always a topsy-turvy season. Um, but I think ultimately we saw what we wanted. We saw a Millwall performance full of energy, passion. Um, and other than I think a few players needing a bit of fitness, it's definitely uh, room for optimism after that one. Hopefully between now and the window closing uh, on the first, which I think is um, next Friday, we get one or two more in. I think we could do with another centre-back because unfortunately we probably can't rely on Ryan Leonard to be fit for majority of the games. Um, and I would still like another attacking option just to complement um, Bradders and uh, Nisbet up front. Kiefer Moore would be amazing, but that's never going to happen. If we could sign a, a young centre-back who's quick and pacing, good for the ball at the feet, and then you know another forward option, I honestly think we'd be looking at that squad saying it's, it's probably the strongest squad we've, we've ever had, if it's not already. So anyway, look, I'll leave it there. Uh, thank you for listening as always, Millwall fans. Much appreciated. Uh, hopefully you're feeling as optimistic as I am after that. I think it's really important again to say, don't get too high when we win. Don't get too low when we lose. Always uh, try to take the emotion out of these things and um, roll on Birmingham, mate. Eh? Enjoy the rest of your bank holiday weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.